to God their Lord over mountain or plain or sea I'll say what you want me to say dear Lord I'll be where you want me to be I'll go Say what you command us to say, and we will be where you want us to be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated. I want to thank God for another opportunity to share the word with us in our church. 
And I want to thank our Father in the Lord, the vicar, our daddy, and the entire chapel council for another opportunity given to me to share the word this year. I truly appreciate that. And I thank God. And I pray that the Lord will use this clay to communicate divine truth to us this morning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to your neighbor close to you and say, Will you go where he tells you to go? Will you say what he says you should say? Will you be with him if he summons you? What's your answer? What's your answer? This morning, I've been asked to, to speak on the topic, answering the call to soul winning now. Answering the call to soul winning now. Can we say it? Again? And we turn to our text. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 20. We read it, but I want to, um, I want us to look at our scriptures again. And um, there are certain things we need to notice. Uh, if you read it, you will observe certain things. And as I was studying this passage, I, I noticed six things. Can we read verse 16 together? And as he walked by the sea of Galilee. Note, note that. As he walked, I noticed that he walked by the sea of Galilee. Number two. Read on. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. Now, I noticed the third one. Verse 17. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, see number four there in verse 18. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Okay? Go to verse 19. Read it with me. When he had gone a little further, He saw James, and who? The son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the boat, mending their nets. That's number five. And then number six, read read verse 20. And immediately he called them, and they left their father's Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and went after him. May the Lord bless the name of his word in Jesus' name. There is always a, a spiritual significance to every action of Jesus Christ in the scriptures. There is always a spiritual significance. 
for every action of Jesus in the scriptures. For example, the statements he made, the miracles he performed, the places he went to, and the feasts he attended. There is always a spiritual significance to every action that Jesus did in the Bible. If we go back to that Mark chapter 1 verse 16 and verse 17, he says, And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net in this, into the sea, for they were fishermen. They were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers, become fishers of men. What interested Jesus to Peter and Andrew was the same thing that interested him to James and John. Was the same thing that interested him to James and John. It was not the fishing. It was net use. What did I say? Net use. Net. It was the net use that interested Peter, Jesus to Peter and Andrew, James and John. You could catch fish with a hook. You could fish with a hook and catch one fish at a time. If you are using a hook to fish, you will only catch one fish at a time. You could fish with a basket and you catch little at a time, depending on the size of the basket. The whole story on account of fishing in the scripture was the net. The net. A net will give you a whole lot of catch. Luke chapter 5 verse 4 and 5. When Jesus told Peter to let down the nets, though in half obedience he made a lot of catch. Like I said before, there is always a spiritual significance to every action that Jesus took in the Bible. I said the places he went to, the feasts he attended, the miracles he performed. If we go back to Mark chapter, chapter 1 verse 16, you say, And Jesus, as Jesus walked by the sea of Galilee. Let's pause and consider that word, sea. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee. If we look at our text for the team for the year, he said, Go ye into the world and make disciples. So Jesus walked by the sea. What is Jesus telling us here? Let's go to Revelation, Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. 
Revelation chapter 17 verse 15. If you see it, can we all read it together? Revelation chapter 17 verse 15. It's on the screen. Can we read it? One, two, go. Then he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the hallowed seats, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. Can we repeat it again? Then he said to me, The waters which you saw, where the hallowed seats, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So, sea represents multitude. Jesus walked by the sea. So, it represents multitudes. It represents nations. It represents people. It represents tongues and languages. Or languages. So, when Jesus walked by the sea, He is sending us not to individuals, but to multitudes, to peoples, to nations, You can't get multitude of fish except you use net. You can't use hook to get multitudes of fish. It's not possible. Jesus' interest was how the net caught fishes. And he used the word, I will make you become fishers of men. Not, I will make you become fishers of man. Say, I will make you become fishers of men. Because Jesus was interested on how they were using the net to catch fishes. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 7, and John chapter 21, verse 6 to 8, you will see in both cases, where Peter and the partners were pulling multitudes of fishes. The interest of Jesus is on net. He was looking not just for men that have skills, but men that have nets. He was looking for men that has nets. God is calling us to identify in soul winning and discipleship in the capacity of netting. In the capacity of netting. You don't have much time here in this world to be able to use one hook to catch one person at a time. So you need to identify just like James and John join their father with nets. You need to partner. Of course, you know that the body of Christ, if you break it down to denominations, you see that every church is a net. Every church is a net. Hallelujah. Chapel of his resurrection is a net. I came into this church December 2016 and I found out that this church is involved into missions. It's into missions. Nothing more. And that is what Jesus wants now. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Can we go to Matthew chapter 9? Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 
38. Matthew chapter 9, 37 and 38. The body of Christ, the church, chapel of his resurrection, and other churches and ministries are nets. We are to drag souls into the kingdom. There are some who are laborers in the field. There are some who are with God, who belong to God, who are in the heavenly workforce here on earth, who do not know that their positions have been taken or has been declared vacant and advertised. Why? Because they are not doing what they are supposed to do. And so their positions have been advertised, has been declared vacant and advertised. This is a function of many unprofitable stewards. That is why the prayer is still going on. Even after 2,000 years that Jesus made this prayer point, the prayer is still going on. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. Tell yourself, I am a laborer. Talk to your neighbor say, neighbor, you are a laborer. Speak to three persons. You are a laborer. 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 Amen. And so the churches are nets. We drag, we drag fishes. We drag men into, into a church to disciple them. And any church or any servant of God that is there as a laborer who is not doing that Maybe his position has been declared vacant. And another laborer will take over. But I thank God for this, this particular church. Chapel of his resurrection. And we are involved in missions. And since I came in here, throughout, throughout the year, you see mission-oriented programs. Programs that is geared up to touching lives. Last weekend we were here and um, we were taught on discipleship. Intentional discipleship. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. We are called into the end time soul winning and discipleship. It is a netting slash networking system. The man with a net needs partners to be able to succeed effectively. Let's go to Luke chapter verse 6 and 7 Luke chapter 5 verse 6 and 7 are we there? are we there? now let's read verse 6 and 7 one to go and when they had done this they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking verse 7 so they signaled to their partners, note that word partners, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Their partners. Any man that is a net or has a net can't do it alone, cannot drag it. He needs partners. That's why even though this church is into missions, planting churches and building and dragging thousands to know the Lord, yet they are partnering with other ministries. 
At least the ministry that I'm involved in, Jacobez International Foundation, this church partners with us. We're into the rural areas, touching lives of rural pastors, widows of late pastors, affecting their lives, encouraging pastors who are in the interiors, helping them, those who can't, who can't reach the unreached, buying motorcycle and certain things for them to be able to share, to go to those interlands to, 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 to preach the gospel. And there are other areas that we, we are making impact. And I thank God when I came into this church. When I left the former church where I was, I told the Lord that I want to go back to the Anglican communion. And if I go back to the Anglican communion, I don't want to be a priest. But I want to stay in the congregation and serve my God the way he wants me to serve him. When we came out, I went back home. I decided to hibernate. Told my family, go to a certain church near my house. At some point, I had to go there. When I, went, when I, when I got there, after that service, I knew that that was, that was not the place. And when I came back, I said, God, which Anglican church do you want me to attend? He said, go to Chapel of His Resurrection, a teaching hospital. And I came here. And when I came here, I sat down. I, was, I came late, like many of us came late this morning. I came late that, that day, and it was our venerable who was speaking. And as I sat down, the, the word I heard from the Holy Spirit, this man speaking now will be your pastor from now. And then after service, I went to see him. And then we chatted. After discussion. And um, he encouraged me. You know, he told us, I told him, I told Venerable and so many people in this church made me to bring down the other leg down. Because I came... Hanging one of my legs, one of my feet, I was, hang, I was hanging. But I didn't, it was not hanging for a, for, a, for a long while. Because a father in the Lord and many people accepted me. I was assimilated. And I started receiving encouragement. I started receiving support with the outreaches we do in the rural areas for widows. Some of the medical people have, have gone with us into the rural areas, reaching out to widows, reaching out to students in the campuses, reaching out to communities doing crusades and dragging, dragging souls into churches for them to be discipled. Praise the Lord. As this church continues to do the work of evangelism knowing fully whether they are, they, they, are, they are nets. They still connect with other nets. Partnering with other nets. And it's very, very important and vital for us. Let's look at um, Mark chapter 1 verse 17. Mark chapter 1 verse 17. What does he say? 
What does he say? And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Can you say, Follow me? I remember when my son was very, very small. Anytime he notices that daddy and mommy is about to go out, and perhaps he doesn't want to stay at home with the house help. My son will come with his clothes. And he will say, he will ask me a question. Daddy, you follow me, I follow you. <laughs> Another time, he will see me. And we are preparing to go out. He will come again. Daddy, I go with you, you go with me. I go with you, you go with me. If he doesn't want to eat by himself, he will carry his food and bring it while I'm eating. And he will use his own spoon and put the food in my mouth. Daddy, I feed you, you feed me. Tell your neighbor, I go with you, you go with me. <laughs> I follow you, you follow me. Jesus told his disciples, he said, follow me. Follow means to accompany. Like my son says, you go with me, I go with you. I follow you, you follow me. I feed you, you feed me. To accompany. To go along with. To go the same way with. To follow one who precedes. Follow is going on the same road. Roadway with someone. Since the word was used for soldiers, servants and pupils. It can easily be transferred to the life of the Christian. In, in 78 gospel occurrences, it is used 77 times for following Christ. So if you see it in gospel occurrences 78 times, 77 times it is used in following Christ. Answering the call. Let's go to Mark chapter 1 verse 18 again. Answering the call. Verse 18. Are you there? Verse 18. They immediately, can we read it together? They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 20. Can we read it together? And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with hired servants and went after him. If you go to Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30, it says the fruit of the righteous is a what? A tree of life. And he who wins souls is what? 
is wise. He that wins his soul is wise. So from the passage or the text we, read, we, have, we, we are using to, to, today, I want us to understand that we are hooks. Whatever we do, or whichever corner we, we see ourselves in the sea, what I mean, whichever vocation, because we are talking about sea, sea is the world. Sea represents multitude. Sea represents nation. So whichever corner of the sea you see yourself, know that you are a hook. Even though you are a hook, you know you can only get one fish. And though you get one fish, you are still partnering with nets that get other fishes. Let sense of urgency come upon us. Because there is no time. Jesus walked by the sea. He painted that picture. Multitudes are perishing. One man of God was saying something not too long ago. He said in Enugu, a lot of people you, you may call as Christians are merely religious people. I don't know whether it's correct. It's partly correct. A lot of people that you see here that you relate with are just religious. So let sense of urgency come upon us. We will not procrastinate anymore. Many of us have procrastinated. Had opportunity of reaching out to somebody and you procrastinated. I remember one, one young man that told me was crying. Why was he crying? He said, I had opportunity of reaching out to a soul. And the Lord was telling me, go and preach to this guy. Go and preach to this guy. Go and preach to this guy. He said, when I, there's still time, there's still time, there's still time. And he never did that. Five years ago, this young man that God was telling him to go and reach out to, this young man, somebody, that young man that a young minister God was telling him this is your neighbor reach out to him reach out to him he was crying because he procrastinated as a sense of urgency now Each time God puts a thought, it is of utmost importance to act immediately. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. No family sentiment in that which God has assigned us to do. If you remember, the Bible says they left, James and John left their father Zebedee in the boat and followed Jesus. No family sentiments. No sentiments. As 
I close. I ask you. Are you a pipe? Or are you a tree? Are you a signboard? I will end with this story. Are you a signboard? A signpost that is directing people to Christ and yet you are evangelizing, touching lives. Many people are giving their lives receiving Christ as Lord and personal Savior. But you yourself, I can wear comma, no. I end with this story. A sister called me some years ago. Maybe about six, seven years ago. I said, Pastor, please, can, I, can you come and minister to my father? He's 87 years old. So I went and preached the word. And I promised him that I would be following him up. I want you to be my disciple. So I began to follow him up. When the man turned 80, 88, one of those days I visited him and as I was sharing the word of God on forgiveness and letting go, say, yeah, Papa, it is 88 now. You will quick him at any time. He said, you need to forgive all those that hurt you. Let go. By the time I finished and I prayed with him, he said something. Pastor KK, I am happy today. He said, why? Osim, Pastor, I want to travel light. Pastor, I don't want to travel with excess luggage. A Roman Catholic man. I want to travel light. When the man turned 90, I visited him. I shared the word of God. After sharing the word of God, as he was escorting me out, he told me, Pastor, I am at the departure lounge now. Pastor, I was in the departure lounge. And then when he turned 91, I visited him again. After sharing with him, he said, Pastor KK, age is in my body and pass. The only thing following are my, my children, he died at 92. These things this man was saying didn't make any meaning to me until last year. I began to ponder over the things the man said. He said, I want to travel light. I don't want to travel with excess luggage. He said, I'm at the departure lounge now. And then he said, I have my boarding pass. If you are traveling, these are the three things you need to travel. If you must travel, physical travel, these are the three things you need to travel. And I'm telling you this morning, even as you are pre pre preparing, winning souls, reaching out for people, can I tell you, the three things you need, bro, the three things I need, is these three things. I must travel with, I must travel light. I must not go with excess luggage. Because of course you know, with excess luggage, Open a Nigeria, I got a bribe, I got so much, even abroad. If you don't have money to pay, they will drop those things and reweigh your luggages until they get the actual way, way in.
you can get the actual weight. We must travel light. Know that the second thing is that you must be at the departure lounge because it can happen at any time. Thirdly, you must know that as you travel, you must have what? Your boarding pass. Many of us have traveled. You notice that if you don't have your boarding pass, will you travel? You may be at the departure lounge, but if you misplace your boarding pass, do you travel? Bow down your heads. Matthew chapter 24 verse 40 says, Two were in the field. One was taken. One was not taken. Verse 41 says, Two women were grinding in the mill. One was taken. One was left. Ask yourself this question. Again, am I a signpost? You are pointing people to Jesus. But you don't want to let go. You don't want to forgive. You don't want to forgive. As you bow down your heads, put your right hand on your chest and begin to pray. Paradventure, if rapture takes place now, will I make it? Paradventure, if rapture happens now, will I make it? Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you thanks and praise for you in mercy, in love, have called us. And Lord, we answer that call. Lord, we give you our lives and our souls. Lord, we drop every other thing to follow you. Lord, make us. Lord, mold us. Not after the fashion of this world, but after your pattern son, Jesus, make us. That with joy, with diligence, with patience, with endurance, we will fish men and will be made to walk in your likeness. Thank you as you do this. Let your hand be upon your son as he continues to serve you and walk with you in Jacob's ministry. Father, he and his household not only provide for them because that they will be examples of ministers and ministry and that through them the light of Jesus will shine brightly and effectively and that at the end each will receive from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. And may that be our experience too. In Jesus' name we pray. The church of God say...